Hello and welcome to Drive It Double Feature Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Ryan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every Tuesday and Thursday. But before we get into today's episode, I want to talk to you about our Patreon over at patreon.com slash drive and double feature podcast. We got some fun bonus episodes just for $5 a month. You can get those and you can help support the show as well. Help us get some rentals. But getting into today's movie, we are talking about 1981's Looker, directed by Michael Crichton. Yes, the author. Look who's directing. Yeah, wow, look, it's the author. It's the writer. Well, he also made... Wait, some... how, do you, how do you direct the book, Nathan? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but he, he did it. Right. It, well, I mean, is that another way of saying you wrote a book? Like I directed a book? I guess so. I mean, they do direct the words and the lines, right? Yeah, I <laughs> think just, you could say that. Yeah, if one of a man by himself can make a movie and call himself a director, <laughs> an author can call himself a director in my book. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, a director is kind of like, you know, he's doing the writing on the screen. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wish books were in the movies. I wish you could just like go to a theater, sit down and just watch the pages roll by. So they just they point a camera at a book and they just flip the pages. Yeah, they just flip the pages. You just got to be a good reader. Uh, they got you, the slow. You, re- you, you know why? I, that's why I always get really disappointed by those old Disney movies. They would show you like the book and start flipping the pages. Yeah. I'd, get, I'd, I'd get all excited. But then like a movie would start i'd be like oh, yeah. this this is bullshit yeah and then this <laughs> this ugly animation i was like come on give me words that's what i want i don't want to see this art that you've drawn like that, that's why that's why um, that's my favorite bradley cooper movie words <laughs> words <laughs> i haven't seen that one you might have to recommend it sometime <laughs> Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the movie uh, A Thousand Words with Eddie Murphy because there wasn't enough words. Yeah, that that was that was my problem with it too. If anything, <laughs> there was no words on screen, and I was upset. Um, yeah, why would anyone make a silent movie with no words? Well, you get to read the movie, so maybe I do. Like <laughs> yeah, backtrack a little. Silent movies were the best <laughs> movies. Uh, that's why the artist is the greatest movie of the 2010s. But <laughs> uh, that's why I watch all foreign movies on mute. There we go. But <laughs> but moving into today's movie, yes, it is directed by Michael Crichton, who you know is like the writer of Jurassic Park. That's his probably his biggest thing. But he he's made like Sphere, bunch of stuff. I I've read a few of his books. Very distinctive, interesting style. Um, I don't know. Have you ever read any of his books, Ryan? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's interesting. He passed away. Um, And it's crazy, his career, because he's written so many like notable books. And um, but he used to just make B movies like like Looker. He also made uh, the original Westworld um, and, and a few others that, I, that are not coming to my mind right now. Uh, he did The Great Train Robbery. I know yeah. that. Um, And he. uh andromeda strain was the other one the original andromeda strain Mm -hmm. um but just an insane career path i mean when you think about it because like you said he was originally a director and then also wrote like the most classic american books like of the (laughs) of the the 80s and 90s so probably like probably the most prominent 
sci-fi writer and during that time period and Mm -hmm. of his literary works he wrote a lot of books but 17 books became a movie that's insane i did not know that number some were hits some were flops because it it, it, didn't he write the death eaters which became the 13th warrior which is like one of the lowest grossing movies ever made and fun fact, he actually was an uncredited director on that movie. I did not know that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. And even he couldn't save it. Yeah, I know. It's so we I wanted to watch that movie so bad as a kid, and I have never seen it because it was played on a trailer before the Sixth Sense DVD that I had. That oh that and Dust Till Dawn Three. Uh, and I still haven't seen either of those movies. Oh, I that, hey, that might be future. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, you, do you want to know my reasoning for picking this movie? I actually had kind of had a reasoning, uh, and it amounted for about five seconds of the total runtime of this movie. Um, this is the first movie to attempt uh, like making a CGI human body. Seriously, I was looking at a list of like of CGI firsts and I was like interested in it. And then Looker popped up and I was like, this is a weird looking movie. And it was one of the first to do CGI body. And I was like, OK, why not? Let's do it. That sounds really interesting. Um, But it happens for just a few seconds. And we'll kind of get into that as we move on, because this actually came out right before Tron, just a few months before Tron came out. Uh, <laughs> another flop. Because this movie well, did not do well. Yeah, well, I remember, what was it? Like, everyone thought that Escape from New York was one of the first movies to do CGI. But then yeah. it turned out they just painted the buildings oh, black yeah. and, and then put green tape on everything. Yeah, exactly. It was like a huge, it was like a big black, black set, right? With green lines, which is really cool. Um there's like that's an interesting thing to go into because there's like there's a long history because Wrath of Khan had CGI in it and everything. So I think Alien I think, did. I don't think they do enough CGI. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. We live in a day and age where uh, CGI is all but forgotten. You know, that's I always put that on like my, my reviews. I was like, why don't they use a computer to make this movie? <laughs> Yeah, did you say that for The Little Mermaid? <laughs> I, I said that for Lion King. I was like, why does this movie look so realistic? It should have made it, made it with a computer instead of real animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do they get the animals to do that? They put the peanut butter in the lion's mouth to make it look like it was talking. Yeah, yeah they, they had Seth Rogen right standing behind the Pumbaa. That's, that's right. I, I forgot Seth Rogen was even in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Timon? uh oh who wait oh it's billy eichner billy eichner of course of course it is they couldn't just get nathan lane back like come on Uh, it's an anime movie why would they use the same voice yeah oh yeah yeah why would they recast uh, like the voices that are iconic yeah it's a good thing they recast mufasa yeah who's who played mufasa (laughs) It was James Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That, that was the that was the one they didn't recast. Yeah, you couldn't. You you couldn't. Well, you um, could have, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, but uh, Looker, Let's say it, that for the Lion King podcast. Good, good lord, we are we are going off track this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Looker is the story of a plastic surgeon played by Albert Finney 
first time Albert Finney's on here. I never thought I would ever see him on our podcast, but he's here. Um, I don't know. Did he do B movies? Did he do a lot of B movies? Uh, I mean, maybe one day we'll talk about the dresser. Oh yeah, yeah. So maybe he'll pop back up. Oh, you know, uh, one that would be good to talk about maybe the murder on the Orient Express. That w- that and the sequel, right? Though both of those would be a lot of fun to talk about. Um, Was I don't I don't think he was in the sequel. Well, I'm just saying I would like to do the sequel. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just yeah. thinking of Albert Finney movies. Yeah, um, maybe Big Fish one day. Tom Jones. You ever seen Tom Jones? Uh, yeah. What's new, Pussycat? Yeah. <laughs> well actually maybe uh, <laughs> uh but no i can i can i be honest with you like I, one thing yeah. that kind of threw me off about this movie so i don't know if you you're if you kept it into the the episode like when we were deliberating our picks okay. but you had made like you'd said something about rip torn being in a movie where he was going to like Oh yeah, he tried to kill someone. Yeah, like Rip Torn tried to kill somebody. So I'm sitting here throughout this whole movie. Oh, I didn't for Rip Rip Torn to show because you didn't say like, oh no, I'll do this one instead. You're just like, oh yeah, we we could talk about the movie where Rip Torn kill almost killed the guy. Okay, yeah, looker. So (laughs) I'm like, so now I'm sitting here for the entire runtime like. When's Rip Torn going to show up and kill somebody? <laughs> yeah, I did not pick that movie. <laughs> I, I apologize. Oh, I, fi- I figured that out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forget the name of that movie. That would be a great choice, but you definitely got something completely different. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was I was like, man, this, they're, okay. they're just going to show a scene where Rip Torn just almost kills a guy like in this movie. Okay, oh, all right, no. let's find out. <laughs> That's like a completely different thing uh but no it, it, it this movie we get the story of like a plastic surgeon and i guess he's really good at what he does and like women just flock to him because uh i guess there's like a group of women that want like their faces changed down to like the millimeter like oh i want it 0.5 millimeters to the left or this much taken off like he will do like the perfect job for you yeah well it's it's revealed that the women like they're they have the technology where they can judge on a scale of one to a hundred, the perfect, the perfection of a woman's face. Yes. Yeah. And one woman's like, Oh, you have a 91%, but look what happens after she had the plastic surgery. It's like now she's 98%. So, which is silly because it's like, she still looks great. And then it's like, Oh yeah, my, my eye needs to be a little higher. Uh, My Mm -hmm. nose needs to be about one centimeter thinner. So it's just these really like small minute differences but it's like these women that already are like the most beautiful people in the world yes, like it's yeah. like now i have to change my face yeah because that, that's the whole deal like albert finney like he, he talks to one of the women he's like you're you're already beautiful you don't have to do this you know under all this is a crazy plot um this movie is actually like insane i i did not expect a lot of what was going on here. I, I did think it was getting a little off the rails very close to the beginning where one woman dies and it's like a guy, the most 80s looking guy ever with the huge mustache and like the flashlight gun <laughs> going to kill her. Um, it, it The movie starts out with one of the 
the funniest death scenes like i couldn't i, I it was hilarious to me like <laughs> yes. how this one woman died she you see this woman get thrown off of a balcony mm-hmm. or she's well not thrown but she's falling and because you're right it doesn't reveal how she got there but then it's like uh friday the 13th part four mm-hmm. where a, a girl just lands on the roof of a car and again like the roof of the car explodes <laughs> yeah. and and but like her whole body just contorts in a way where it's like her legs like almost touch like the back of her head like it just it just mm-hmm. looks so ridiculous yeah it, that's this whole movie it's ridiculous because like it, it's so stylized sometimes like way later in the movie albert finney gets shot with a gun right or no sorry he goes to a tv I, i'm going off track he goes to a tv he gets punched by somebody through a tv camera goes to a shot almost like the matrix where he's flying in the air away from the camera in slow motion. It is, was not expecting this. Um, You know, this movie, I feel like really wanted to be an action movie, but they really picked the wrong lead in my opinion. I think he's good. You know, he does his job, but I just don't think he fits the role very well. I, I I didn't like the movie, Nathan. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, I I think overall it, it's a it's a weird movie. I and I enjoyed it for what it, it's like. I enjoyed it for what it was, but like it was not a good movie for me. To me, to me, it, it like you said, Albert Finney, a phenomenal actor. Oh, but yeah. as an action star. Oh boy, this is yeah. it's rough. Like it's a, it's a bad pick. It because he's so subtle, but at the but it's like he's playing it so straight, but so straight. It's like I wanted him to be a little more animated, or maybe like something something a little more charismatic. I I hate to say it, but I I thought Albert Finney was pretty boring in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I just really I don't know what they were thinking as soon as like. I saw the character he was playing because I could see him being like a douchebag doctor, right? You know, because that's kind of like what he's kind of going for. But then he becomes a detective. It's one of those movies where the unassuming person becomes a detective to unravel like a government conspiracy. And as soon as he goes in that, he goes straight into action star mode and his actions do not match him whatsoever. Well, I mean, for one, does not look like an action star at all. No, he's... yeah (laughs) he's like not he's not muscular or anything like that i mean he's at this point i think he's in his 40s maybe early 50s something like that Mm -hmm. but it is definitely not looking like he should be the star of it and like i said it's just he's so subdued in this movie and Mm that like you said the the plot of this movie is so ridiculous i mean it's people that can make you forget like what you're doing or just like, what was I doing the last two hours? You know, that type of yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. And they make these commercials that hypnotize people into buying things, but it's like, okay, well, I, I feel like I should, we should have gotten somebody that was either like super charismatic or just being a total ham in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Cause I think the movie that I could compare this to uh, which came out, you know, a year after this was Videodrome. I could compare it to Videodrome, but the difference is where um, 
why am I forgetting his name? We've talked James Wood. Yeah, James Woods is not really like a good action star in that way, but he's animated in a way where he makes that work. He can ham it up a little bit. Well, the difference between that is is that one's kind of filmed like a noir, like a real Mm -hmm. like stylized type of thing. So you're kind of like expecting someone to act really like a cool, like calm, you know, like like oh yeah, this is probably how I'm doing. I'm James Wood, but yeah, yeah. But Albert Finney, it's he's Albert Finney in in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It just feels like ideas there, and maybe maybe it just goes a little too off the rails because, like you said, so there's this company that um you know it's trying to get the perfect commercials because they want you to stare directly at the product. So they think if they get the perfect person that can match with the product, that people will go out and buy it, and um. And and it's all become like a murder plot mixed into it. But they also have these guns, like you said, that can make people forget where they were. And I think unnecessary. Why is this here? And it's so goofy. Like they flash the light and it just like like they're one of the dumbest scenes. I think the scene that makes it like really stupid is the one where they're in the in, it's like big car chase scene and they're chasing each other and they shoot Albert Finney with this gun and he forgets where he is. But instead of like actually hitting people, hitting other cars, he just ends up like in a fountain and he just walks out of it. And like, it's just odd, I guess. Yeah, I didn't understand why we needed to have the flashing guns part because no. it was, it was, you know, it was enough for me. It was enough. It's like, okay, they want to create perfect women to make perfect commercials. Got it. Like, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. And it's this big conspiracy. But now it's like, I have to worry about these flat because that how the movie starts is just all of a sudden like Albert Finney will be staring at a fridge at his fridge like a drink in the fridge and it's like huh and then all of a sudden you see a flash and then all the drinks are frozen yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> and they're just like huh and so it just added such an unnecessary element to it or. Th- there's a fight scene too where they start flashing their guns and he'll, mm-hmm. they'll be standing there frozen and then they just punch each other while they're frozen. Like, oh, yes. and did you notice the sound effects in this movie? They are like the most cartoony sound effects. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like Batman in the 60s fighting. Like, that's honestly what it sounded like. Um, I'm tr- because like there, there's multiple like shootout scenes. There's one where Albert Finney runs away, which I thought was really funny. Is he's getting chased by a group of people. They find him, and Al- and Albert Finney hits him with the scalpel, like just scratches their arm. Dude just runs away. Like the bat, like they're like, oh, ow, okay, we're I'm out of here. I can't. Do- I'm not gonna fight him. Well, to be fair, if I was a henchman, I'd be like, you know what. I'm going to go home too. <laughs> too many of us die in these situations. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, But the, the lead, like there's some, I think there's some hints of something interesting here. Like you said, like they're trying to get the perfect commercial. Like I think we're 1981. Some of the things that they were, that Michael Crichton was going for was like a, a little forward thinking, like the, they had like the part with the focus group, and they had their eyes locked onto the screen and it would track where the eyes were looking the whole time and kind of gauge if the commercial was good enough. And I was like, you know what? That seems like something that they would do nowadays. Oh, I mean, the science in the movie is actually like almost insane how much he predicted from yeah. 
from uh, 30 years ago or 40, excuse me, years yeah. ago. And cause he goes and says, like, like you said, it's, they're making an algorithm to make the perfect commercial. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're doing that right now. Like they're trying <laughs> yeah. to, they, every company has an algorithm where they just take little bits of like, Oh, take the best of this and just make it this amalgamated shape. You're like, okay, it's perfect now. Cause now people love it. It's like, or yeah. like tar- targeted ads, like calling out your people's names specifically, like figuring out exactly what they want. CGI, like not even using real actors and like, like yeah. Oh yeah, we, we could just do like, deep fakes now and just have have like real people say stuff they would never say and yeah that that's what was interesting to me is that this movie kind of predicted like deep faking in a way because like you know the technology wasn't like i said they they decide that oh yeah we're gonna almost digitally put women into our computer make cgi versions of them to be in our commercials so we don't even need the person anymore which is kind of a thing that they do nowadays not perfectly it doesn't look perfect but you know someday it will especially not in 1981 you know that it's not looking perfect with the well, if yeah. they had the cgi characters no but i mean they're getting there i mean like right now they have they have a lot of voice technology down already now i mean you can get famous people and people now you can have them say horrible things or advertise products yeah. now. I mean, really, I mean, it, it's like, oh, well, and it sounds almost, I mean, if you're careful enough, you can hear it because there are little yeah. differences, but I mean, to the layman's person, they probably wouldn't know. No. Yeah. The, you could just hear it and just be like, oh, wow. They can't believe so-and-so said this. Um, it, it, you know, it's interesting. I do think maybe, the, the thing is, is I do think he pushes it to the extreme, though, because the final scene takes place in like a studio where the set is there, but they project the CGI people into the set to do the commercials. And I was like, OK, augmented re- reality. He predicted that. I, too. I guess I guess it is augmented reality. Don't get me wrong, but it's just so wild that they're like. It's almost filmed live, right? Because the people in, are sitting there watching these commercials, and it's a live CG commercial that they're watching. You'd think, though, if you're making CGI commercial with CGI characters, wouldn't you make the set CGI too? I mean, well, it just seems kind of like counterproductive. Like, okay, well, now we're going to build a real set. Well, it's funny. It's almost like it exists in a universe where they can make a perfect CGI person, but like a CGI kitchen. No, that's out of question. We could never make anything like that. We can get picture perfect people with with CGI. We can't make a kitchen cupboard. That's crazy. Oh God, no! <laughs> that's t- the wood grain that that won't translate. Oh, you know who we haven't talked about because he he's so underutilized. James Coburn is the is the bad guy in this movie. Yeah, I saw that, but he doesn't do much in here. Yeah. I honestly, him being in a movie is usually a recipe for a memorable character, or someone interesting. But once again, I, I, it's weird because unlike Albert Finney, I feel like this could have been a good choice, but he just doesn't. He doesn't feel like a bad guy. He doesn't feel like the omnipresent, like oh, I'm evil, I'm controlling everything kind of deal. Well, again, you know, it's, it's like Oscar-winning actor James Coburn isn't, mm-hmm. you know, so and you know Albert Finney also is a guy that's been nominated multiple times. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you could, you would think you could just put two extremely talented actors in a movie. And it's like, Oh, well, obviously <laughs> this is going to be a hit. They they're, they're great actors, but yeah, 
when when you put them in a setting that they're not used to, it's like, okay, let's put James Coburn, who at the time was probably more known for Westerns, maybe something like that. And, mm-hmm. and then Albert Finney, who's like these very super serious dramas. Let's put them in a wacky action sci-fi movie. Yeah, exactly. It, it's such a weird idea. I do not know how Michael Crichton had the pool to get these two in his movie. They must have really been in a place where it was like, I would need to do something fresh, something different. Um, I, it could be one of the situations where they told them like, oh, James Coburn's going to be in this. Oh, Albert Finney's going to be in this. And then they were like, oh, sign me up. Sure, I'll do it. Why not? Yeah. The yeah. guy that made Westworld, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Westworld. Future World, even better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to like, there's not a lot that goes on in this movie. We kind of covered all the bases. <laughs> there's some silly scenes of an invisible person beating the crap out of Albert Finney. <laughs> yeah there's that well is he's getting frozen right and then yeah he gets hit. yeah but it at the, when you watch it in the time it looks like he's just getting beaten up by like the invisible man or something uh a couple of other silly scenes i wanted to talk about was the one girl because so it's like these women are being targeted because they're being killed uh after they're after they film the commercials yeah and there's one woman she shows up in this like disguise and meets up with Albert. He's like, I need you to do plastic surgery. I'm being targeted. He's like, why? Your face looks good. He's like, I did a good job. She's like, no, it's too perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I'm too perfect. They're trying to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine being a plastic surgeon doctor? That's a huge compliment. (laughs) Just like, yeah, you did too good of a job, please. Yeah. Um, so there is a female lead so there's like one main woman that uh, albert finney is protecting because she's also on that list of people but uh, i mean again just totally forgettable character for me um yeah really does nothing interesting um but there is one funny scene that i kind of laughed at which is uh so albert finney has got her holed up in his house Mm -hmm. and that you got to stay here they're coming after we got to protect you mm-hmm. she's like larry what are you going to protect me with she said do you have a gun and he's like a gun she says yeah a gun you know bang bang hey, that's right yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's a, that's a great line <laughs> and uh, there and then the the other funny scene after that which is like <laughs> it's it's trying so hard to be serious at times but it, it, it was funny it was she goes over to her parents house because she's like i have to go see my parents i i have to go see them and maybe sp- and spend some time with them because she's thinking she's about to die yeah so she goes to her parents house and their parents are watching like i guess a sitcom or something like an old-timey show and they're just <laughs> hysterically laughing and She's like nose to nose with her dad. Like she's got her face like caressing him. And he's just hysterically laughing. And she, this girl is sobbing. <laughs> her, her dad is totally unaware that she's just totally having a mental breakdown. About- yeah. It's like hitting the nail over that. Like, look at these people staring at the TV. They can't even pay attention to their daughter. This is how bad it is right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of stuff. I've, I've, it, 
I just, you know, it's so ridiculous. I'm like, they're trying to be serious, but this is this just comes off so funny. Yeah, I know. God, I, I really don't like the ending of this movie. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, the, the final bit where it's like, because he the whole time he's like, I don't date my patients. And then, like, they have to play this weird game where, you know, in the end where he's like, oh, you know, I don't date my patients. And, and then she's like, what? And then just back and forth. And eventually he's just like, well, we're going on a date, and it ends. Well, well, you you forgot to mention, but they have that little fun conversations about five seconds after James Coburn gets shot in the neck and yeah. like starts spraying blood everywhere, and then they're just yeah. like, "All right, let's go on a date." Like yeah. literally seconds afterwards. Yes, it, yeah, it, it's one of those movies. It, you know, both movies this week were kind of like movies that just like ended. Uh, we'll get into that ne- on Thursday, but yeah, this movie just like the, the plot wraps up, and they're like, "All right, we finish. We're finishing it off. They're leaving." And also, you forgot one detail: James Coburn gets shot, and blood's jetting out of him. And for some reason, for comic effect, they play a commercial over it, and it says "Spurt." It's like some kind of drink <laughs> named Spurt. It's like what? But yeah, they, it's it's like they the guy the final boss dies, and then the credit starts rolling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it all works out in the end. There was no look or two, by the way, guys. I'm sorry. So we'll um, we'll darn. never know what happens. Uh, but I, I I do think that wraps it up for Looker. I don't know if you have anything else to add. Uh, no, I again, it, this is this is not a recommend for me. I. Uh, I thought it was pretty meandering. I really didn't. Mm. I didn't. I really wasn't a fan of the movie as a whole. I mean, it's not. It's not awful, but it's just not one I would ever watch again. It's it's a low recommend for me. Um, I I think like it, you know it's dumb, but it has a lot of fun ideas behind it. it you know, it's just silly enough to where like I put it on, I kind of enjoyed it. It, it it's enjoyable, but overall nothing i would ever watch again so i'm putting it on the low recommend scale yeah. all right but i think that wraps it up for today brian what are we what are we going to be covering on thursday well nathan on thursday there's somebody i'd like for you to meet who <laughs> well i got a friend his name is joe okay oh well, i'm excited to meet this joe fella whoever you like i know i know will be a nice guy <laughs> Yeah, total nice guy. Um, but you can watch the movie Joe over on Tubi for free. On there's also two versions of it. I would also recommend watching the one on Pluto TV for because that one is a slightly better version, which we'll get into. But check it out there at either one of those sites. Yeah, and if you enjoyed today's podcast, you can email us at driveindoublefeaturepodcast at gmail.com. You can also send some recommendations over there. And be sure to follow us at DIDFPod over on Twitter. But until next time. You know, until next time. Jamie.